You're the morning star. You're the bringer of dawn. Welcome back to Road Trip 7 with the Iowa Gallivant. I am JJ, and once again, you are in the middle of one of the greatest podcast series of all time. Yes, I'm okay saying that because we're doing a seven-part series on some of the best taquerias and tacos we've ever had in our lives, and most of them are right here in the great state of Iowa. And I got to tell you right now, we have been all over the country, and I said it in my last podcast, you don't have to go to the southern part of the United States. You don't have to go to the giant metro areas of this country to find authentic taquerias. Sometimes they're in they're in the places you're least expecting. And sometimes they are in small town Iowa. And today we are talking about a western Iowa town called Denison. And they have themselves some beautiful, delicious plates of tacos coming out of their taquerias in that town. I got to tell you, you know, the thing is, is we went there. Let's see here. It would have been twice this Twice this summer, the first time we were there for a scouting ragbri mission. If you go to our travel blog, the Iowa Gallivant, G-A-L-L-I-V-A-N-T, there you go. And you will see that one of our main projects for the past four years has been scouting ragbri. It's taken us all over uh, Iowa. If you're not familiar with ragbri, if if you've... uh, happen to stumble upon this podcast uh, and you're not from Iowa, it's the biggest bike tour in the world, largest bike tour in the world, and one of the best. I'm Actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this. It is the best. It's not a race. It is a tour, and it starts in western Iowa and goes to the Mississippi and eastern Iowa, and it's been an, an unbelievable, uh, uh, great way to see Iowa, and it's been one of our favorite projects we've done now on an annual basis going on four years. And one of the eight overnights for this year's RAGBRAI was Denison. And it was something that uh, uh, we were really looking forward to because it hasn't been through Denison in a while. And we realized when we get, when or when we got there that we had to go back. So guess what? We went back for their huge barbecue fest earlier, or excuse me, later in the year. One of the best in the Midwest, uh, the Tri-City Barbecue Festival. So in the, in those visits, we found a lot to do, but I got to tell you, this is a taco series, and we're going to talk about some of the best this town has. We went to uh, our first, excuse me, our first place we went to to get some delicious tacos was uh, Tienda El Mexicano. Uh, this is a grocery store, a uh, Hispanic grocery store that has all the grocery needs you you would possibly uh, need to have for a great dinner or a barbecue uh, that you're making, and with you know traditional uh, Mexican and other Hispanic ingredients. Uh, a lot of those great beverages that you see, like those uh, those sodas, you know, they have all those those great flavors. You know, the the they have the the grapefruit flavor. They have, you know, the, the mango and everything. You could get real sugarcane Coca Colas, just like Grandma used to drink. You know, there's they still got them going on over there. So they uh, also have, and 
this is one thing I love about these grocery stores. You get everything you could possibly want to make a bunch of tacos or a huge Mexican dinner yourself, but you better stop by their little taqueria and fill up on what they have cooking there before you leave. It's it's my favorite part about these places. And what's great about this particular grocery store, not only are you uh, devouring authentic Mexican food, uh, in seats that are right by the kitchen, but you can overlook their meat department as you die. <laughs> so yeah, you have a bunch of raw meat just staring at you while you dig into your tacos and guess guess what? That's that's perfectly fine. I, I can't tell you how how much I love it. So yeah, if it's a if that's the kind of ambiance you're looking for, then well you've got it here. And my favorite part about the that whole scene is hey, guess what? I know that I'm eating a fresh ingredient right here, and I can see what the what the what they're slicing and dicing and cooking and grilling back there, and it's uh, something that uh, you can just go ahead and buy 30, 30 pounds of when you get done eating the your uh, tacos. Like mm, the, these carnitas were so great, I can see that pork uh, right there, that big fat pork pork shoulder. So I'm just gonna go, go ahead and take some home myself. And you know it's it's one of those uh, those places that uh, not only has great authentic tacos but uh, they also have a lot of other things you know of course burritos but uh, one thing I think everybody should try at least once in their lives and then usually after you've tried it once you'll have it many more times is menudo and they had a giant I mean huge pot of it simmering the entire time. It looked like it was probably started six or seven hours before we got there, and it's been simmering all day, which makes it even tastier. Just, just scorching hot when it hits your bowl with the, with the, with the uh, beautiful stewed vegetables, uh, the tender meat that's in there, and it's, it's, it's something that just goes with your tacos so great. It has all that just rich kind of spicy broth and you usually take some fresh lime juice and you squirt it in there to give it a little give it a little uh, tartness and it's it's one of those things like soup and tacos you may not think about that often but hey, but hey uh we've been eating soup and sandwiches our whole lives so why wouldn't you have a nice tasty taco while you're while you're there too so we had carne asada that was one of them. We uh, we usually always get carnitas. We had ourselves the chorizo. And uh, like I said in the last podcast, we will always get lingua, which is cow tongue. So one of the most beautiful cuts of meat you can get off, uh, get off a large cow. And it's something that we will always order when we go to authentic taquerias. Guaranteed. Right. And 9.99.99.999. 0139.99 percent of the time we love them so to tell you the truth there's been there's been some misses when it comes to lingua and everything like that but very few so i've had tacos where like the chicken is dry and the uh, the pork man didn't really have that much spice to it but when it comes to our favorite uh, taco which is lingua it's pretty consistent no matter where you go because you really don't have to do much with it other than put your traditional uh, maybe pico de gallo on there, the the white onion, cilantro, like I said, that fresh lime juice, some fresh some fresh avocados. I prefer avocados over guacamole on my tacos. That's just how I am. I love a nice huge chunk of avocado on it. Uh, when it comes to guacamole, that's for my chips. 
I, I just, that's the way I prefer it. I, I don't know why, but that's just the way I am. So leave me alone, okay? But uh, this grocery store, uh, like I said, uh, uh, Tienda El Mexicano, it has uh, all your needs for many other things. And they also have uh, well, another part of my favorite thing about these these stores. It has those huge, huge chunks of hot chicharrones, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the crispy pork rinds that are just, you know, sometimes they're like those little crunchy little, you know, those crunchy little daddies that you find on the bottom almost you know, it's kind of like, you know, those Long John Silver days, you get those cool crunchy balls, but, but they, those little tiny pieces come off of those just giant, giant pieces that you can buy either the whole thing or have them break off uh, a piece of it. That's, it's so cool. It's the first thing that, that greets you in a lot of, in a, uh, in a lot of these places. And it's really, it's the tone setter. You know what you're getting into when you see a giant hot piece of pork rind right when you walk into a place and I know I'm gonna love it you know I should say I'm I, I don't know I'm going to but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna love it so and when it comes to dessert at these places uh, these Mexican style grocery stores a lot of times they have uh, frozen goods just ready to go in this particular place and in mo many of the other places you go to like uh, uh, Tienda El Mexicano is they have like frozen chocolate covered bananas and I love bananas I love them frozen and I love chocolate so this is a no-brainer and what's great it's just you get down in your meal you just had uh, about six dozen tacos and a giant bowl of menudo and you you know a little little of that pork rind between the cheek and gun, you know, and next thing you know, you're saying, yeah, I guess, I think I could put down a chocolate covered frozen banana. So why not? Right. Well, I mean, how, how many times are you get into these places and, you know, live a little bit. Right. So, and you know, I, I love a, a icy cold beer just as much as the next person. And I do have them with my tacos, but I love the Mexican style sodas when I have tacos. I very rarely actually drink beer when I have tacos. It's usually, you know, I have beer and then I have tacos. <laughs> but I figure I, I figure that uh, the best way to to have these is with those uh, Mexican flavored sodas. And my favorite one is the uh, the, the orange flavored one. That that'll always be mine. So so why not? Yeah, you know, get a little bit of sugar going with your uh, with your taco buzz. So and uh, you know. Uh, we, we we went to uh, Denison to scout Ragbri, and we discovered tacos. So that was that was a no-brainer when we talked about that. And one of one of the uh, places we went to to stay um, when we were on our Ragbri slash taco quest was uh, was one of the most beautiful bed and breakfasts you're going to ever encounter. It's in a very large Victorian home. Uh, that's turned into a bed and breakfast. It sat vacant, I believe, for almost 30 years. I'm checking my R&D department right here, which is also called my travel blog, and my wife using her smartphone when I get a little too crazy on this podcast, and she kind of reels me in there. But uh, indeed, for over 30 years, this this Victorian home sat uh, vacant, which is just darn near criminal, right? I mean, I can understand where you can't sell it, maybe in some communities where it's just the real estate isn't very good and nobody wants to buy a single thing, but this was just sitting there. 
And these folks finally got uh, the owners to get to uh, uh, finally got the owners uh, to sell it, and they turned it into an absolutely just beautiful bed and breakfast. And that's where we stayed the first time we went. Wine out in the, on the porch, you know. It's and uh, piano playing in the parlor, beautiful rooms, and we even. Uh, excuse me, what were you gonna say? Oh, I thought my wife was gonna was gonna speak up on something like that. She thinks they're beautiful too. She's joining us, by the way. My wife is always here because I need an audience of some sort. Otherwise, uh, if I don't get awkward eye contact from somebody, I'm just no good. So. <laughs> that, and of course the breakfast was spectacular the owners do a great job there and it's it's uh one of those places where yeah you want to experience the town but if you don't if if you check in and uh just decide to spend your entire time inside that b&b no one's gonna blame you because it's just that special and it's just that beautiful and it was very hard to actually uh get out and go see the town at times. It's like, gosh, we are so relaxed here, but there's so much to see. And we went anyway. We're glad we did. Don't get me wrong. But it would, it could have been very easy for us to call our uh, contacts in, uh, at the uh, Denison Chamber of Commerce and say, sorry, we didn't get very much content because we couldn't uh, get away from the stained glass and the, the beautiful woodwork. The Oh, my gosh. It, so check out the Providence Inn. I don't even know if I said the name yet. The Providence Inn, B&B, uh, there in Denison. You won't be disappointed with the B&B, I guarantee you. And then go out and see the rest of this town and surrounding area and discover those darn tacos. And by the way, that first place we talked about, the grocery store, uh, that's not going to be the only <laughs> taco experience we have in this town because they they, they do a really good job with it. But uh, one of the uh, when it comes to restaurants, though, it's not the only... Um, the, the taquerias aren't the only thing to eat there, obviously, because they have some other great restaurants. We went to Kronk's, one of Iowa's oldest restaurants, and we were there for brunch. And it's seriously one of the best brunches you're going to get in the state of Iowa. They have everything. I don't need to rattle off all the stuff that they have because they, they have so much. But there's one thing that really sets them, uh, sets them uh, um, I guess, sets the bar set you know makes them uh, stick out makes them a little more special than a, a many other places you're going to go to they have this bread pudding where basically and trust me on this i've worked in restaurants for so many years and one of the ways you are going to make a great profit in the restaurant industry is being able to utilize your leftovers in a safe and respectful manner to where it seems like you're just not where it seems like you're just, you don't want to look like you're just trying to get rid of them so you don't have to put them in the, uh, you know, put all the food in the garbage and things like that. You don't want to do that. But this place right here, like many other restaurants you go to when they have their specials and things like that, has a way of putting their leftovers into something that's so beautiful. It's their bread pudding. They basically take a lot of their leftover desserts from the weekend and they combine it and make this bread pudding that they serve for brunch, and it's the best idea. It's, I mean, you don't actually have to have bread to make bread pudding. I used to uh, make it out of uh, leftover uh, muffins, and actually, if they were a little dry, I don't want to say stale. I don't want to use a stale product, you know, because usually stale means it's tired and it's time to go. You don't want to just reuse that, but if it's, because, but, you know, 
day-old muffins, especially if they were homemade, you know, they might be on a little bit on the drier side, which, it, you know, it, it absorbs the rest of the uh, uh, ingredients that you put in there. Same with desserts. You know, it just, it, it, it just, oh, I can't, I mean, I'm going to try to describe it. It's, it's chocolatey, it's nutty, it's super rich. I mean, I'm sure they add even more butter to it, which is amazing because you know how much butter goes into most desserts. And they serve it for brunch, and it's one of the great unique things that they do. They also have an omelet station, which when which most of the time is run by their owner, who's which you gotta love that. I, I I love it when you see an owner that's working their butts off, but still able to interact with the guests. I think that's amazing, and uh, it 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 shows people just who you're supporting. It's a true family business and he is running the omelet station he you know no pun intended but cracks a few jokes because you know he's cracking eggs <laughs> you know so uh you know he's using fresh eggs and then he puts it in one of those uh, uh one of those kind of like malt mixers is that what you call it you know you put it in the metal cup and you put it in it's like the traditional thing you would use to like mix a malt thing at high speed and he uh he it, it creates uh a, one of the most fluffy uh, omelets you're going to get anywhere. And that's just one of those things, that extra step that makes you stick out. And then he has all the traditional traditional stuff, uh, including more baked goods, including uh, more homemade things like biscuits and gravy, sausage, and it just ham. Uh, I, I, you just go on and on and on. And the experience with them utilizing uh, one of the best bread pudding recipes you're ever going to find on earth and then going the extra step with their omelets just makes the experience even that much, that much better. And when you go to Denison, when you go to Denison, uh, it's kind of a hilly area, you know, you're in Western Iowa and it's got this certain, this certain feeling at their local County park, which is called yellow smoke, uh, County park. And one thing that we've been doing with the Iowa Gallivant and now Road Trip 7 is a lot of times we overlook the county parks personally, and I know a lot of other people do as well, because we go to a lot of the state parks, and you should. You should utilize our state parks as much as possible. I think Iowa has some of the most underrated, underused state parks in the country. You know, I, it, I know a lot of people that will drive four or five hours, if not longer, to go to a, a, a state park in another state that has similar features than that they that we have in some of ours here in Iowa. And I just want to say, you know, you could have saved yourself, you know, a whole day's drive if you had just gone to, you know, uh, Maquoketa or, or, you know, go, going down to, to, to the Burlington area, to Geode and things like that. Well, one thing that I've overlooked lots of times in the past, and I'm not overlooking them anymore, is our county parks. And Yellow Smoke, I I cannot, I can't say it's the most beautiful county park, but it's got to be up there. I mean, it truly is. And you, and uh, I don't know the origins of why they call it Yellow Smoke. I kind of like my story on why I think it's Yellow Smoke because when we woke up there. Early in the morning, uh, my wife and my youngest daughter, they took a walk and they took some beautiful pictures. And uh, just about every morning you get that, you know, you get that uh, that steam coming off the uh, the cold water and hitting that warm air. 
and you know it kind of makes it a little hazy and then it's mixed in with that sunshine coming off the coming off the trees and it has like almost a yellowish tint to it and it kind of almost looks like yellow smoke so i'm not sure if that's the reason why they named it yellow smoke but i kind of i kind of like my way that's why i'm calling it yellow smoke county park and uh, the great thing about the, their little walk is they called me it seemed like four hours later because <laughs> They caught up the trail a little bit. Uh, all of a sudden, they're in one of this, the uh, public parks in Denison. <laughs> you know, so I had to go pick them up, which, yeah, they kind of, which is a very Iowa gallivant thing to do. You know, they had fun. They had a great workout, early morning workout. So, but uh, we stayed in a cabin there that overlooked the lake. And it's just, it's a. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, that makes you very thankful and grateful to be in the area when you experience those sort of things. And, you know, it's 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 a way that we, we got to bond with our family and staying in these in these cabins and just in in experiencing uh, a rural part of Iowa. And boy, we really roughed it, too. You know, we had beds, a cabin, a kitchen, a flat screen TV. <laughs> Which is great because this county park provided all of that, you know. So sometimes you want to get out in, in rural areas, but you don't necessarily want to camp, per se. Um, so find yourself a nice cabin. And these these places got it. And so when you're going to Yellow Smoke, you know, there's plenty of places to stay. And I recommend, you know, New Providence and get in a cabin at uh, at the county park. You won't be, you're, if, you, if you love being out in the middle of nature and, hearing all those sounds and experiencing all those all those uh, campfires and just kind of having a really really fun uh fun time all day but just want to crash in someplace quiet the uh, denison has has that covered and i got and uh, i'm going through my travel blog right here just to reference some things right here and one of the uh one of the top reasons we went back to denison i should say the top reason we went back to denison no it wasn't for the tacos it could have been though. You're not you're not crazy if you do a road trip just for tacos, because that's what we're kind of encouraging you to do right here. But uh, we had the pleasure of uh, being host uh, or, or uh, getting invited back uh, from the fine hosts at the uh, Tri City uh, Barbecue Festival. It's when they bring in uh, barbecue masters from Omaha, Des Moines, and Sioux City. And they meet in Denison and just duke it out and beyond too. Don't get me wrong. There's, um, but uh, you know, there's also there's a there's a uh, uh, there's a public uh, um, there's barbecues on sale for the public the entire time, and then there is the uh, the competition which is judged uh, by the uh, oh my gosh what's going on here? Sorry, I thought I, I heard a click on my podcast. <laughs> We're going to have that every now and then. That's just the way it is, right? We're just, it's just going to happen. So, uh, you know, it's I'm still getting used to these internets. And, you know, they bring in uh, sanctioned barbecue judges to make uh, to make this uh, make this happen. So, and the the fact of the matter is is they're serious about this festival as well they should be. It's one of the best in the area. It's one of the it's one of the uh, best in the Midwest when it comes to uh, barbecue festivals. So it's it's another excuse to get out to Denison and to Western Iowa and look at all the great things that they have to offer out there and taste 
all the wonderful things they have out there. And this barbecue fest, it gets bigger every year. I, at least it seems like it. And it's building steam, uh, or should I should say it's building smoke, right? <laughs> and uh, we had uh, some of the best ribs uh, we've ever had in our lives out there. There was some good brisket. There was some good ham. There was some good chicken. But there was something about the ribs that really stuck that really stuck out. And I, I am kind of biased, to tell you the truth. Uh, it's it's one of those things we always look for when it comes to uh, barbecue. We I think our entire well, I should say four out of five of us uh, love ribs when it comes to barbecue. My wife's favorite cut will always be brisket, right? Barbecue brisket. She grew up in Texas, so. And, you know, when you go down to Texas, it's, it's everywhere, you know, and, uh, and so get, getting my, uh, getting my wife to a barbecue festival is not a hard thing to do. It's just not. So I wish I would have had a smoker going during our wedding now. I think that would have been cool. So the hotel room would not have liked that at all. <laughs> yes. But no, we probably would have not gotten blacklisted from that place. So but uh, yeah, we we had we ha what's great about uh, these kind of festivals and getting the uh, uh, getting the access that we had, we got to meet so many people from all over the country that come to Iowa to compete. And there was uh, one of my favorite stories is from a group out of Florida, and uh, I was uh, complimenting their food, which which was. This huge baked potato that had smoked brisket on it and baked beans and all sorts of stuff. And I said, wow, your, your crew does a really good job and the service was great. And she said, thank you, but these are all volunteers from Denison. And that, I thought that was one of the, the great things. It's this proud community event. And you can't have these community events without volunteers. And they are the biggest heroes to me uh, when it comes to uh, our, our, our communities. Not only... Does it uh, uh, is it not only is it necessary necessary to have volunteers and a lot of charities and things like that? Don't get me wrong, we need those. But there's something about uh, community events, community museums, community community uh, you know uh, sporting events, things like that that really brings out the volunteerism. And that was I thought that was very very neat to see local high school kids helping folks serve up all this barbecue so they can make a living and so they can and there it, it comes back around it's reciprocated yes the people that are cooking the barbecue the people that traveled uh from all over the country to serve it they want to make a profit and the people of denison and other festivals like this want people to come to denison spend their money have a great time and come back so why not volunteer your hours to make that happen. And I think that's just great. I, I, I think that's something we could all learn from. And it's something that makes, it makes me want to volunteer too. Not, that's how great, uh, uh, that's how you know you have a great event is not only does it make you want to come back to eat the food again, but it makes you want to be a part of it. It makes you want to be, uh, 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 a, 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 you know, a bigger, uh, I guess, how do you want to say, uh, a bigger, um, a bigger, a bigger what? Bigger part of it? A bigger role in it. Thank you very much. A bigger role. There we go. R-O-L-E. Not R-O-L-L, -L, right? That I like roles, though. Dinner roles are cool. But yeah, it makes you want to have a, uh, a bigger role, if you will. I, uh, thank you to my wife for coming up with that word again. 
And, you know, during the festival, it's not the only, the barbecue is not the only thing they have there. They have a main stage with great bands, especially some headliners at night. And uh, they have a petting zoo, which, you know, it takes a lot of guts for those uh, those farm animals to be hanging out at a barbecue festival. So go, you know, go support them. Right. But uh, uh, they also have plenty of stuff to do for kids. But there's also plenty of stuff to do if you just want to have a grown up getaway beer tent. Like I said, main main stage with some headlining acts. So uh, if you've ever said, you know, I've never been to Western Iowa or Denison, well, here here's a good chance to do it. You love music. You love you love barbecue. I know you do. Here's a car show. Uh, you love camping. Uh, you love just get out and experience it. And of course, then there's tacos, right? Oh, my gosh, there's tacos. So uh, the, the second place we went to when we uh, experienced uh, Denison was another uh, uh, on the main kind of like when you uh, I guess it's not the the main drag they call it Uptown where they have like the barbecue festival and stuff but like the main drag when you when you come in uh, there's a there's you see a few on that uh, street and the one we stopped by I guess you could say for breakfast because we went in there gosh I think 10 or 10:30 right when they open it was pretty early uh, and we got we got uh, we got our tacos and I hope I'm not butchering this. I have tried saying their name correctly several times before this podcast started. And if you want to come after me, that's fine. I mean, no disrespect, but I am not fluent in Spanish. I know a lot of Spanish from working so many years with Spanish speaking folks in the kitchens. Uh, it just comes out when I, when I'm, when I'm really busy, you know, if, if you've got like a, just a, a huge dining room full of customers, servers barking at you the chef barking at you the expediter barking at you the dishes are clanging in the background you the sizzling's going you don't really have time to think about it so you know you you know you espinaca to the line four for four it just comes it comes out um at a quick pace so when i'm trying to say things uh legitimately and thinking them out it doesn't come out as smooth i know all the foods though i think i know I bet I at least 200 words in Spanish that are food related. Pretty sure I do. Ungos is my favorite. That's mushrooms. All right. There's a little lesson for everybody right there, right? <laughs> but beginning back to the taqueria. Uh, uh, Antiotos, Mexicanos, El Charo. There we go. Did I say it right, honey? Antiotos. Antiotos, Mexicanos, El Charo. All right. Antojitos. Antojitos. <laughs> uh, oh, they're the glasses. See, I told you I knew some Spanish. Yeah, I was getting that word wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, say it again with me, honey. Anto say it again. Antojitos. El Charo. Antojitos. Mexicanos. El Charo. Antojitos. Mexicanos. El Charo. I got it. Uh, my wife is uh, Hispanic, by the way, so she's my go-to when it comes to a lot of these things. She's not fluent in Spanish like myself, but she knows a lot more than I do. So, uh, and we giggle not out of disrespect. We're making fun of ourselves. So don't think that we're making fun of your language whatsoever. So it's tough for me to figure this out, but I got to tell you one thing I do figure out when I go to these taquerias is their food. And it's delicious, and I totally respect what's coming out on those plates at this restaurant because we got tortas, we got a, 
uh, really nice size steak. My, my wife got the uh, uh, one of those. It's it's like a thinner steak uh, and uh, cut really thin, but it was very tender. And it was one of those things that you know it almost takes like seconds to cook. And it's uh, stretched out on your platter with beans and rice and fresh avocados. Uh, I had. Uh, uh, mo I, I had mostly carnitas tacos. I did have that lingo taco, like I always said, uh, like I always say I have. But uh, I also had uh, uh, their carnitas, and I think I had uh, two of those tacos for sure. And what I did is I took uh, the fries uh, off my wife's plate, um, and I put them in my tacos, which is not an uncommon thing to uh, for people to do. I remember uh, out in California, uh, you know, that was a big thing. Uh, people were putting Burrito, or excuse me, uh, yeah, they were putting uh, French fries in the burritos, tacos, and and I saw uh, one place that was uh, putting uh, uh, French fries in their quesadillas. So why not? We just found a this, <laughs> another way to just load up on French fries here in the states. But uh, uh, okay, uh, getting getting back to to those tacos. So they're stuffed with uh, uh, this this delicious uh, slow cooked pork carnitas. And you, they had some beautiful salsa that came with it, and it was it was very very spicy, uh, but it had flavor. It's not one of those spicy things where uh, you're trying to uh, mask all the flavors and things like that and just have heat. I can't do that. I I don't like hot food, but I love spicy food. There is a difference, okay? If I don't know why anybody would order something that's so hot that you can't taste anything else but the numbness on your own tongue, and I don't understand that at all. More power to you. You have all the right in the world to spend your money like that if you want, so go ahead. But here at, uh, uh, at Entavitos, Mexicanos El Charo, see, I got it. I told you I'd get it. Uh, you know what? And the funny thing is, is I even did a video of this, and probably 11 times before this podcast started, I set it out perfectly. And here I go. So I'm ranting again, but uh, uh, the, the it was kind of, the salsa was kind of like a roasty flavor, uh, uh, very tomatoey though. You know, it was even though it was spicy, it still had that just great tomato flavor to it, and it was super red, so it had a lot of chilies in it, and uh, it just went perfectly with with their food. And the people that were working there were uh, incredibly nice. And incredibly grateful that we were just there and, and then we did our video uh and it's 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 so fun to see the reactions on their face when we show them the video because they it's a lot of times they're not expecting it we do a lot of these videos and a lot of our stories without uh, people knowing that we're coming and that's i think when we get some of the best response and uh you know they the the owners and the workers uh there was two ladies uh, working there at the time, but the owners and all the people that work at this at this little taqueria, they really work hard to make sure that their customers are getting fed uh, a, a quality plate of food. And it's whatever whatever uh, we can do to support small businesses like that, I'm all for it. And you know, it's it's one of those things that you know it, I love supporting family businesses. I really do. And when I can see, you know, the people that own the restaurant, like I said earlier in this podcast, and also interacting with the uh, customers in a nice positive way and just working their heinies off, it's beautiful to see no matter what kind of concept you're at. And, you know, Denison also has, you know, uh, plenty of other places 
to get yourself a beautiful taco. They, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, people in Denison, I think there was at least uh, uh, four or five other places that we didn't even get to that we're, that we are going to get to at some point. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we had to go to so many other places and I, you know, I got to admit that, uh, what doesn't make it on, what doesn't make our travel blog and it won't make our podcast very often. A lot of times are those big, uh, corporate, uh, uh, those big corporate, uh, chains and, Sometimes I think that's a little unfair, but and I have to give credit where credit is due on this one. They didn't have tacos, but they had a unique menu, uh, and that was the local Dairy Queen. And it's yeah. uh, it was yeah yeah uh, the local Dairy Queen uh, has uh, some sort of deal cut out where they don't have to have all the food that every Dairy Queen has. They have uh, their own. Uh, uh, delights, if you will, here. They have all the ice cream, tra- tra- traditional ice cream uh, that Dairy Queens usually have, but they have like uh, these little tiny sliders that not every Dairy Queen had. And they had like the uh, the Nebraska sandwich. Remember that? It was basically basically a, uh, it was called a Nebraskan. It was a, a cheeseburger where the patty was breaded and deep fried. So you got to love that. A deep fried ham breaded hamburger called the nebraskan and it's just one of those it's a one of those things that the town is very proud of and they and they should be proud of it it's a, it's a dairy queen that's been around for uh a very very long time and uh, people were constantly in and out of that place the entire time we were there actually both times we were there and we experienced it and it's i'm glad we did it's not something like i said that comes uh into our uh uh, uh, podcast. Well, we've only done three podcast episodes. It won't be something that we're on. That's going to be on our podcast very often. And it won't be something in our, uh, travel blog very often, but I have to give credit where credit's due. Like I said, uh, and the employees there were awesome. They were, they were happy to see us. They were, they, they were, uh, in, in, they were incredibly, uh, enthusiastic for, for uh, uh, what we were doing, and they were, they welcomed us back, and just like uh, many other people in Denison did when we were there. So good job! I mean, great job from the from the Dairy Queen to the Taquerias to the Barbecue Festival to Yellow Smoke to so many other places, and our folks at uh, the Junkery. I can't. I I got to make sure I mention them. Because we have another project that we call uh, 99, pro- pro- excuse me, 99 proposals, where I'm trying to uh, propose to my wife in all 99 counties here in Iowa. So it's going to take a while, and but we're going to get it done. So and we got a nice necklace, or I got a nice necklace at the junkery because I always try to uh, uh, surprise her with the proposal, and I've surprised her every single time. And it's one of those places that looks like a very small. Uh, shop, but when you walk in, it just keeps going and going and going. They have tons of vintage goods, antiques, uh, retro items, gifts, things like that. And we found a a, a very nice vintage necklace that I uh, popped the big question again at Yellow Smoke on the bridge, and she said yes again. So she's got she's going to have a hundred chances to say no if you include the original time i asked her to marry me so she's gonna have a hundred chances so 99 counties plus that one equals 100 right 
Can you check into that? I'm good. I think I got that. All right. I'm going to get on my calculator just to make sure. But hey, you know what? We got to wrap this up. Are you hungry for tacos yet? I, I am. So, you know, um, oh, by the way, Tri-City Barbecue Festival, guess what was there? They had a taco stand. You bet you that they did. So, all right. Well, you know what? We have to give you a, a little travel tip, and we have to also give you a little bit of homework, too. Uh, when when you are, here's the travel, here's a travel tip first. So, uh, what what is it that you got to have on your uh, uh, on your road trip, like as far as like food goes, like we all have to have our snacks, right? So here's my thing is never, ever commit to having all your snacks ready to go before you go on your road trip. You know why? Because you're inevitably going to stop and get snacks anyway. So my thing is, is yes, if you want to save a little money, you know, pack the bananas, pack the apples, pack a couple of your bags of uh, favorite bags of chips or whatever. But when you do, when you do stop for snacks, think outside the convenience store. That's right. So challenge yourself. You know what? And what? Uh, when it comes to getting awesome road trip snacks, we've found meat lockers all over the Midwest, especially and especially here in Iowa, where a lot of the stuff that you traditionally get at a uh, at a convenience store like the jerky and and the local the local chips and the local jams and the local things like that you know i should say you know really people don't really get jelly and stuff like that when they're road tripping for gifts but like you know you get the you know the local gift sort of things when it comes to um uh when it comes to food but stop at a meat locker trust me you're you're not going to be disappointed if that's what you're looking for is like a, a little uh you know uh, bark of jerky, if you will. Is that the rawhide? We like the rawhide where it's like huge. It looks like a piece of tree bark. You know, that it looks like you just peeled it right off the tree and you're just gnawing it. Yeah, that's my favorite part. And when it comes to jerky, I like the meat sticks and everything like that, but I, I prefer, I prefer, uh, the, uh, huge piece of rawhide. I feel more manly when I tear into that for some reason. I don't know why. So check out your local meat lockers. Seriously. Uh, and they're all over. They're peppered across the, the the country in off the beaten path places, or sometimes, in my experience, they're right off the interstate too, like convenience stores. So, when you are going to get a snack on your road trip, there I said it. Think outside the convenience store just once, okay, and see what happens. And um, now I hope I get a sponsor from convenience stores. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure we will. They they like those things too. So a little bit of homework too for you. When uh, you are planning your next trip here, it's December right now. Uh, what what I want you to do is Google. Uh, I want you to Google local wineries, okay, and look at what they have, uh, and try something that you promised you would never try before. Some of it might be dandelion wine. Some of it might be, like, you know, that strawberry wine. Just give it a shot, right? You may despise it. You may love it. But I got to tell you one thing, especially here in Iowa, there are tons, tons of award-winning wineries that are kicking out some of the best wines you're going to have. And I'm talking about traditional wines made with grapes. Uh, French-style grapes grow amazing 
in Iowa, and our Iowa winemakers are making beautiful wines. So Google wineries here in the Midwest and give it a shot. I'm telling you right now, that's your homework because who doesn't like wine for a nice stocking stuffer? And if you're going to give it to somebody as a stocking stuffer, you look at it and you take it right out and drink it yourself. So there's your homework for this holiday season. Support your local wineries. All right. Once again, this has been Road Trip 7 with the Iowa Gallivant. I'm JJ. Our favorite destination is always the next one.